I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. And we're over here now, recording live from Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest one, home of Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls. Um, the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast is sponsored by uh, Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village in New York City. Um, it's a dope record spot. If you can't make it to the brick-and-mortar location, go to generationrecords.com. You can order anything that they have in the store online. Um Follow them on Instagram at Generation Records, on Twitter at Generation Rex. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Mark and Ron and all those people there. They treat me well. Also, this podcast is sponsored by New Republic Printing. Go to uh, newrepublicprinting.net. Check out their website. Um, they could print anything on any item of clothing that you want. There is no screen fees. There's no setup fees. And it's completely free shipping to any commercial address. Um, follow them on Instagram at at uh, New Republic Printing and on Facebook, also Generation Records and New Republic Printing. Just just look them up on Facebook. You'll find them. And uh, yeah, with that, this is episode, it's crazy, 151 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace with my guest, who I had the two other members of his current band on previously, about two years ago, uh, my friend Chris Enriquez, drummer for Spotlights and many others that we will get into. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? Man? <laughs> like, We're just going to talk. I know. We just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's, forget this thing is even on. No, 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 no. I feel you. Uh, yeah, thanks we just did a lot of talking. We so. did, we did, we did. That always happens. And uh, and 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 as somebody that has worked in media and interviewed people, mm-hmm. whenever that happens, you're like, yo, stop, stop, stop. But we right. had, we, we got to hit record and talk about this. Right. But, uh, it happens every yeah. time. I will say, uh, shout for sure. Shout out to, uh, Ron Grimaldi. Oh, the uh, best. A, uh, so crazy, but I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. So a, uh, L I H C O G. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. He's he was at the first show and the first shows I ever saw in my life. I saw that guy and he looks exactly the same today. Yes. He, he looks like you. a member of the Manson family. He does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Fucking, shout out yeah, to Ron. Yeah. I love that dude. You got to give credit to people that never fell into trends because I, I, I can't say that I um, am totally guilt free of like having changed right. uh, my vibe, but that guy literally has looked and been into the same shit. Not one tattoo. I didn't, never knew that. No, yeah, I did a whole episode with him yeah. way back. Yeah, and okay. he even says he's like, "Yeah, dude, we can record at like my dead grandmother's house." Oh my god! I I'm like, it. "All right." I was like, all the way out of Long Island in a house with no electricity, no running water. It was just like an abandoned <laughs> house that they just still had. You know, I'm like little, sitting yeah. on his. I'm sitting on like his bed. Like, and listening to Twisted Sister cassette tapes on a boombox. I mean, it doesn't get more Long Island than that. Oh, it's the best, though. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. Let's let's just record at my dead grandmother's house. Uh, All right, dude. I mean, I I will. I know we're not here to talk about Ron Grimaldi, but there's two fun things. Um, Have you seen his record collection? I have. I wish I've seen it. I've never seen it. One day I'll ask it, but. Well, I've seen a portion of it. Okay. And it's ridiculous what I saw. That's what I heard. One one, um, uh, tidbit about him, though, that I should mention, I don't know if you know this, is. are you familiar with the rapper Ghost Mane? Yes. That's his little cousin. That's crazy. Yeah. 
that is actually his little, and I found out about that because he was on the front cover of Revolver magazine in due to me running into Ron one day. Really? Uh, his manager, I believe, didn't think it was a good fit for him to be on the cover of, of Revolver because he's more like, you know, he's a hip hop yeah. guy, yeah. but he, he has like the metal kind of twist. And um, a buddy of mine was like, you know, that's Ron's cousin. I ran into Ron at a metal show and he goes, oh, it's my little cousin. Text message him. And then he ended up on the front cover of our magazine. No shit. Yeah, totally random. But like the guy's pretty famous now, I guess. So yeah. you would never think if anyone in the, anyone listening knows who Ron Grimaldi is, the, uh, the, the furthest thing you would think is that these two guys have anything to do with yeah, each other. Yeah, very bizarre. But, yeah, it's pretty cool shit. Yeah. But anyway. So you said my magazine, because we will get into it because you do work for Revolver Magazine. Right, right. Cool. So, there's, there's, there's so many things that we want to touch on that, that, that I want to put. Obviously, there, there's no map here. So, <laughs> if you want, because eventually we're going to lead up to, which I think is fucking awesome, that Spotlights is, is doing a run of shows with Faith No More and fucking Corn. Yeah. <laughs> which is fucking dope. Right. Like, good for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's fucking great. But <clears throat> where did you... All right. You grew up where? Long Island? I grew up in Manhasset, uh, which is a town in Long Island. Okay. Yeah, and it's not too far from the city. Okay. Yeah. And then... Well, we, we don't have to go through your childhood or all that kind sure. of shit. But we... All right, what was your first... Band because you play drums. You play any other any other instrument or no? Uh, I I played I play a bunch of different instruments. Drums is like basically like where my quote unquote music career gotcha. um, lies. But I just started playing guitar in a hardcore band as well, so it's my first time stepping outside. All of right, well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, if people don't realize it, I mean, you filled in for bands like Beyond, right? Who else? I know that there's uh, this Super Touch, Super Touch, which is fucking dope. I love Super Touch. Yeah, and, um, man. And uh, Shy Halud, Shy Halud. Yeah. And Primitive Weapons. Primitive Weapons I was actually in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so now where do you want to go? The floor is yours. Where do you want to go with this? How do you want to do it? <laughs> you go. know what? I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I guess I'll start with, you know, I got into punk and hardcore at an early age because of the fact that, you know, the city was at my fingertips. And, sure. You know, you and I were talking earlier um, about uh, sort of growing up with older siblings. I, yeah. I had plus, a, like, yeah. I'm four years older than you, so it's basically the same thing. Yeah, which is why I think a lot of people, well, you know, our mutual friend John. Uh, John Lamarckia, Kadaria. Shout out um, to my old co-host, John. Yeah, he linked us up, and uh, I've been listening to your podcast, and my bandmates, who are not from New York, were like, you and this guy have a lot in common. You should talk, and I guess we already figured that out. But uh, um, my sister moved to the city. Um, well, my, my parents lived in the city before Long Island uh, in the 70s during, like, disco and all that. So, like, okay. you know, the family in general had um, experienced a lot of the stuff that was going on that was kind of, like, subculture stuff. And my sister, uh, growing up, was always sort of hanging out with skaters and, uh, you know, New Wave was a big thing, which kind of had punk roots. And then when she moved into the city, she was working at Limelight, which at the time, like I'm sure, you know, you and probably a lot of your listeners can relate because we're speaking to a big time. Know. Yeah, it's like yeah. you don't really think about how crazy or legendary anything is when it's happening. And when she was working there, she actually brought me there in, in 1991 when I was 11, that which was, is very bizarre. That was probably one of the... F 91 was probably like the first time I ever stepped foot in the limelight. 
Late ninety one, early ninety two. Which would have made you fifteen. I would have been well, I was I was born in seventy five, so it would have been like sixteen. Sixteen and I was eleven. Sixteen, almost seventeen, depending on the month, yeah. Right. I mean, so if anyone out there has <coughs> seen Party Monster, you kinda right. have an idea of what that lifestyle was all about, which right. was you know right. anyway. Uh, yeah, I just, that's how I got into like, I was always attracted to sort of like weird countercultures and having, uh, having someone, uh, related to me that would bring me out there and, uh, and you'd pass by St. Mark's and see all the crazy punks hanging out. And, uh, and it was, then, it's a know, scene, man. It's, yeah. it's at an early age. It, it <laughs> resonates, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was playing drums and I was, you know, uh, in bands, but, you know, I gravitated towards, uh, uh, the hardcore scene and, um, I, my first band that I was in that was, uh, notable as a band called On the Might of Princes. Okay. Um, we were, we were on Revelation Records, Crazy. um, which, you know, I guess most people know because of, uh, the whole youth crew thing, but, uh, by so the time, you know, right, right. By the so time many. we were on there, it was kind of different. It was a different time. Right. Um, what year was that about? 2000, 2000. Okay. So, you know, that was like kind of... Um, 15 years past, you know, the whole inception and whatnot. Right, right. My Even though I grew up on uh, a lot of those cool hardcore bands in the 90s, I guess, you know, by the time I was playing music, quote unquote, professionally, yeah. it was around, you know, the time that you had this... this I'm, I'm smiling because it's kind of almost like... A, a, you know, glam metal in the eighties, they compare this stuff to, but like, uh, you're taking back Sundays and brand news and Thursdays and, and my chemical romance. I love all those guys, but, uh, you know, if that was sort of my beginnings, I was playing shows with a lot of those guys and everyone got famous except for us. We were kind of the, uh, no shit. You played with all those guys. Huh? They used to open a lot of those bands used to open up for us. Really? Yeah. That was kind of the deal. So like, uh, Coed and Cambria was a uh, was a band that opened up for for my band at the time, and I didn't know that any of these guys were going to be famous. No, you know? I don't even think um, at that time that they even realized that they were going to be famous. Right, right. It wasn't designed that way, right? No, I mean, there's was, a lot yeah. of things like that. It's just like who the fuck knew? Like, yeah, you yeah. It's weird. Know. You don't have the foresight. You're just going out to play because you like to play, and it's dope. And maybe one day something will happen, but you don't know that for sure. Next thing yeah. you know, it's like. It's like one of those, what the fuck, how did I get here moments? Yeah, I mean, you know, too, because, uh, you know, when you were going to hardcore shows in the uh, early days, you never probably thought that uh, any of those guys would end up uh, being who yeah. they, you know, these legends that oh, they are yeah. now today. Especially, you know, yeah, especially like the like the bands that have just lasted the, you know, the test of time. Like, right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, look at a band like, fuck, like I mean, the first one that comes to my head is like, look at AF, man. Oh my God! I was at um, 1980, yeah. bro. Right. That's that's how old I am. I was born when AF started. Yeah. Um, which is which is crazy. I uh, I feel like uh, and when you live here and you I, I never left and you stick around long enough. Yeah. No matter what kind of music you play, you end up in a lot of the same oh, places. Sure. I have a funny story about AF actually. Talk to me. That you One were, of my favorite yeah. bands, top three. Yeah. This is I wasn't planning on this, but this is very podcast this worthy. Is, listen. <laughs> A couple of years ago, Spotlights was playing in Austin, Texas. I don't remember the name of the venue. Okay. And some uh, one of our one of our fans, I guess, got a ticket and it said Agnostic Front on it when he got the ticket. So we were like, that's weird. So then we go on the venue website and it turns out that Agnostic Front is playing inside 
and we're playing outside. Oh, shit. And my bandmates know that I'm this guy that is obsessed with, like, New York hardcore to this day. Yeah. You know, I play different styles of music, but that's kind of my uh, go-to. Like, I sure. just identify with it. Actually, um, me too. But, uh, so they're like, you're going to freak out. They're like, I'm like, what? They're like, Agnostic Front's playing inside of the venue that we're playing outside of. And we went, and I've met a bunch of those guys, you know, like I was saying. Because I think when you, like, hang out, Long enough, you end up in the same bars as these guys. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like, even at shows, you're outside. It's yeah. just like you know, it's you want. They're just like another face at this point. Exactly, and it was cool. And that's uh, what's great yeah. about it. It's not like that rock star shit. It's like everyone's just like chilling. Right, right, absolutely. Pokey watched us. Yeah, uh, that's great. Vinny came out, took some pictures with us. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I don't think there's anyone. There's nobody like better than Vinny Stigma, man. Like he's right. just, you know, from a different fucking time, a different mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. one of a kind dude. But, uh, you know, that uh, that band that I was in was kind of the launching pad for how I ended up, because I was touring and meeting people on, on a label that was pretty uh, well-known, and that was sort of my launching pad for how I ended up. Uh, Did you go to Europe? What was the name of the band again? It's a weird band name. No one ever got it right, uh, which is probably why we didn't get as famous as everybody right. else. But uh, it was called On the Might of Princes. Okay. And it was a chapter out of a um, a, a pretty well known. It wasn't Stephen King, but it was like one of those one of those guys that wrote horror movies. Oh, okay. Clive Barker. Okay. Um, we took a chapter out of his book. And of course, we picked the most complicated name that no one would remember. Um, but that, that was sort of like once I started doing that, I was touring and going right. to Europe and uh oh you went to Europe and everything we did uh, oddly enough you that's know fucking, uh, well yeah, revelation yeah you yeah, know that's that's pretty fucking cool man yeah yeah they were a big deal back then yeah and so send you over yeah. to Europe did you have how many right did you put out records how many records we put out three full lengths wow um and then my singer passed away um we were kind of just a crazy bunch uh and he he eventually passed away so then I I just kept going and uh you know, everyone needs a drummer. Yeah, yeah everyone needs a drummer. They're <laughs> right, always, right. Yeah, they're hard yeah. to come by. Everyone needs one and everyone complains about one. So Absolutely. I uh, I always threw myself out there into the All mix. Right. Hey, it works. It <laughs> yeah, works, yeah. man. So now after after that band, what happened? Like, like what, how, did, how did you, like, get hit up to fill in for, like, Shy Halud and Beyond and stuff like that? Did you do any, like, extensive touring with these bands at all or anything? I did. I think, well, I think the Revelation connection, well, I, the Revelation connection was how I ended up uh, playing in, in Shy Halud. Right. Um, and Matt Fox, I think, knew of me and who's basically the main songwriter in that band. And right. they've gone through members like Tissues. I don't know if yeah. you're aware. But, uh, I, I'm not yeah. aware, but I have yeah. a feeling. Yeah, they've had like... I mean, I, 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 yeah. I'm not I'm not that... I, I, they're a good band, but it's not like my go-to. Sure. And sure. I don't know like the history of them. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, right. You tell me, you know, I'll tell you the history is sick of it all upside down, backwards, oh, yeah, front, front yeah. and back. Yeah, but yeah. not really shy halud. I should probably, you know, uh, mention that Sick of It All was actually the first show that I ever saw because that was fucking life changing. Uh, it usually is pretty life changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, was it 1995? 
opening for Helmet at Roseland. Scratch the surface. Scratch, I was, yeah, well, 94, Scratch the surface. Yeah, so yeah 90, I'm yeah. fucking believable. I never saw Mosh Pit. never saw Skinheads. I never opening saw any. Opening Helmet. Sick of it all, Helmet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think because Helmet. I wasn't there. Yeah. Why wasn't I there? God damn, Jimmy. I you fucked up. I know. I'm fucked up. <laughs> that, was, that was a show that I'll never forget. And, and you can't find it on video anywhere, which is weird. Really? I, I mean, I, I'll go online. You can find AF shows from like A7. Oh, but yeah. there's no show, there's no footage of that show. Um, and that was just such a good, diverse thing to see because Helmet, if anything, I think the, the music that I've played in bands probably is more um, in line with like Helmet than Sick of It All per right. se. But um, so I always say to people like had Helmet not been on that show, my perception of like what I would end up could wanting to do could have been, yeah, if it was like Sick of It All and Madball, who I love, I could have just ended up in hardcore bands. So it was really like, uh, it was just, I, I had, I didn't know the difference between Helmet or Sick of It All. It was just angry music right. from New York. And I was an angry person and I yeah. took it and kind of went with it. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think, I think as, as kids getting into this shit, you know, this, something's a little off. You right. know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's <laughs> a reason why, you know, we gravitate towards this angry, outside the box, underground fuck the mainstream type shit where you go into a small dirty smelly room right <laughs> and you grind out and you fucking hit your friends right for right, a right. good time you don't think about it that way when it's happening until you're our age now. It's a beautiful thing when it's happening. It I fucking yeah. still love it. Yeah, I still do it. I mean, yeah, making, being more aware of it and still doing it uh, just sort of proves how, I mean, look, we're sitting here doing this right now. You know? Right. You have a chrome um, hat on. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I have a terror shirt on. Like, yeah. I'm like a fucking child. Yeah, it's so funny. I wear band yeah. shirts like I'm 15. I mean, that's yeah, I that's kind yeah. of the deal. I kind of dress more like I did in high school today as a 40 year old than I did. Yeah, bro, I've been yeah. dressing the same since I'm. Like <laughs> but uh, I don't know where we were, but we were talking about we just wow, went, we went all over the map. But it doesn't matter. Come we can, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, oh, yeah. So Shai Halud, I uh, I filled in um, on drums uh, because Matt Fox was on Revelation and right. knew who I was, and we did like one or two weeks with Earth Crisis on the twentieth anniversary of oh, Firestorm. No shit. Yeah, How yeah. the fuck was that? I was not sober back then, and uh -huh. it was funny because I. Uh, Definitely was drinking and singing along to every fucking Earth Crisis song. You got that damn I right, you are. Yeah, <laughs> I just like be, I remember being on stage in Buffalo, singing along to Firestorm, holding a beer but hiding it yeah. behind an amp. You know, just right. like you know, or, you know, you know. Or Syracuse, so Syracuse, Syracuse, where they're from. But uh, yeah. it was, that was fun. And then um, actually, Super Touch was more uh, just move. I moved to New York City in uh, 2006, but I had been hanging out there like since I was a teenager, you of know, course. um, and Mark Ryan is like this, like, you know, Mark, Yes, Mark is like somebody that if you're in New York at like a cert, if you're like 35 and up and you've like hung out in New York city, uh, for, you know, since you were a kid, you, mm -hmm. you've encountered Mark Ryan, right. um, whether you know about hardcore or not, you've fucking <laughs> encountered this guy. So he, I didn't even know he was Mark Ryan from super touch who I, um, I knew the band because I had like the New York artists and not New York artists, New York hardcore the way it is. The way it is. With the oh, uh, right. searching for the light. But um, he was just like a, 
a, a local guy that I saw in bars. He was always DJing or, or doing stuff. And so he knew me. And when he got the band back together years later, um, they needed a drummer and they hit me up. So, okay. um, well, I think we did the, uh, this is hardcore after party. Um, what year was that? I, this is, I'm going to guess that it was like within the past five years, um, within the past four to five years. Okay. Um, so that's, that was my connection with super touch, gotcha. which was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I look up to all these guys and then, um, beyond was a year ago and that was a tour with into another. So that, okay. that was, those were, uh, shout out to Richie Burke and had, I had him on a while back. Such a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. I, it's nice so guy. humbling to be around people like that. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I don't tell them, but I had, I had posters of yeah. ha- half the guys that we just talked about. I have I I had posters of them on my wall when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. And uh that's what I was talking about earlier with New York like you just you never think even though they're not necessarily rock stars, you know, right. that like you're going to be hanging out as as buddies with these guys and I'm sure you get that feeling when you interview them. Yeah. You know. It's, it's crazy. But uh but when you hang out and you but don't then, leave, But then again, like I don't fanboy out like anymore. You know what I mean? I, I'll yeah. I'll recognize and sometimes like I'll be thinking like Silly ass fucking Craig ahead. I'm sick of it all. Oh my god, he's the best. It's like we have me, him, and Jerry Foley have a text thread going, and That's it's great. And it's ninety four thousand miles long. Right, right. And all it is <laughs> is talking about how each of us is a jerk off, and you don't like good pizza. Like, right, right, that's right. all it is. It's just ridiculousness and nonstop shit about food and pizza. And it's like, I'll sit there and like, yeah, I'll be bullshit with him and we fuck with each other and shit. And he's like, you know, we're fucking cool as shit. But then again, like, I'll sit back and I'll be like, in my head, I'll just be like, I remember like on being like on a bus going up like to Boston. <laughs> I used to go to Boston often in like the mid 90s. And I would have my disc man. And I would Holy just, shit. And I would repeat it with all my extra double A batteries in my book bag. See, you kids don't know the struggle about having a disc man oh and having God. CDs and extra batteries and this big bulky thing. Yeah. But I'd be on a bus and I would just on repeat would be just scratch the surface, the entire CD, entire CD. And now it's like, you know, it's like fucking 25 yep. years later. And it's like, yo, what's up, man? You know what right. I mean? So I have those, you know... I'm always a fan, even yeah. of of my friends. You know what I mean. I, I will always of be. Of course, and that's the essence of the whole thing. And that's what's right? just yeah. fucking cool about it, right? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's like you know, kind of like why why you grab. Obviously, there's good music, right? But then you're just like the fact that like hardcore and punk rock is a thing where um, there's the, there's no pretension. Is, right. is amazing. And then when there's notoriety involved, you're right. really proud of that person. Absolutely. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I try not to fanboy out. I have had my moments. It has happened. It's definitely happened, especially when I was drinking, but, um, but hey, man, yo, remember when you put out that record? I had a really bad moment, uh, but I'll see, tell I'm glad that I never really did that. I'll tell I you, I think I did. I'll tell you the moment. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's here. Ready. Where's the skeletons breaking, breaking my out of the closet? No, we might as well go for it. Cause okay. if anyone listening might, might find this, uh, yeah. Like, and they fanboyed yeah, yeah. out before too. Right. They want to say that they're all hard on Facebook and shit, but right. they fucking fanned out also. We, we, uh, we went on tour with, with, uh, with Glassjaw and Quicksand. And, um, and, 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 and I love 
quicksand, you know. Slip is my all-time favorite record across every single genre of Unbelievable. Music. Yeah, so both both of my bands, Primitive Weapons and Spotlight, split up the quicksand U.S. tour. One band did one half, the other did the other. And uh, at the Brooklyn Steel Show, I, this was actually right around the time I got sober. So, like, shortly after this show is when I started my... Um, this is after know, they put out the newest record? Right. Okay. This is the Interiors tour. Gotcha. So I'm backstage, and I, I'm, i like, fucking, like, probably 15 beers deep and, like, probably a couple shots into the night. Right. And uh, John Stanier from Helmet is standing in, like, one of the dressing rooms, uh-huh. and I'm fucking annihilated. And I just look at him, oh, and I go... Boy. And he hasn't been in Helmet in, like, years. Right. You know, I'm not even sure if that's something he's comfortable talking about. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I see him and my bandmates, Mario and Sarah, who you've had yes. uh, as guests. Shout out to Mario and Sarah. Yeah, shout out. I look at John Stanier, and I go, holy shit, you're fucking John Stanier from Helmet. And he looks at me, and he goes... Uh, I am indeed John Stanier, who, <laughs> yeah. who was in Helmet. Yes. And, I'm, and and just to keep it going, I'm like, I'm like, hey Mario, Sarah, look, it's John Stanier from Helmet. They're like, that's him standing right there next to you. Yeah, that's, and that, like, that would be him. And uh, so he was cool, and yeah. we talked, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're big fans. And um, about six months later, I'm at a par- my own party that I'm throwing in the Lower East Side. It's a Revolver magazine party. Okay, and um. And, 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 and I'm sitting at the bar getting, uh, like a, a seltzer water and I look to my left and the guy next to me getting a drink is John Stanier. Awesome. So we make eye contact. He remembered and, um, you? He did. And apparently after that day, <laughs> oh, this fucking guy, had, yeah, let me get out of here. He had like, uh, he had texted, uh, or he had a text message conversation with a mutual friend. Right. Uh, Artie from St. Vitus. Okay. The owner. I was like, oh yeah, Chris was wasted last night. Like, uh, he's a great guy. He's like, oh that guy, yeah, he he was definitely like fanning out or whatever. Yeah. So they're having this conversation. We make eye contact, and I just turn red, and I'm like, hey man, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his his, his first uh, words were, uh, how could I forget? Uh, isn't that awesome <laughs> when someone hits you yeah, with that? Right. Yeah. But he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, hold on a second. I got to get a, I got to get a picture of this. So he takes his phone out, takes a picture of both of us. And I guess he sends it to our mutual friend. Right. But, uh, I, I apologized and he's like, dude, it's cool. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was it's like, I'm not like, I was like, I'm very proud of, of what I've done, you know? Right. And he goes, what are you doing here? And it was just a really cool twist of fate that made me feel a lot better. I'm like, oh, this is actually my party. Right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, you work at Revolver. I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the guys that uh, runs the company. And, um, uh, and he's like, is this the same revolver that Helmet was in like 20 years ago? And I'm like, it is. He's like, oh, I got to send you like some 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 uh, photos of like those articles. I'm like, please do. So we we exchanged numbers. And and oh, now so when I cool. see him, he's cool. But, you know, so it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> shit. It was definitely like one of those moments where I'm like, hey, man, sorry yeah. about that. So how did you, you, you get the gig with Revolver, man? Honestly, man, this is like not really an interesting story, to be honest with you. I, I was um, jobless for a while working okay. in bars and just hustling and it was not fun. Um, and I got laid off at some point um, by the company I was working with. So, um, yeah, I was just like down in the dumps and okay. of, of all. I've been yeah, there. yeah, yeah, we've all been there and it's an expensive sure. place to live. Um, my, my father was concerned and he was on some job site, like one of those random, like indeed.com. And it didn't say what the name of the, of the brand was. He was like, Oh, I just saw something on the internet and it says that they're hiring and it's for some entertainment 
company. So he sent it to me. I applied. I showed up in a fucking suit because I thought I was going to like, I didn't know where I was going, you know? Um, And there's all these fucking metalheads with like tattoos and it says Revolver Magazine and it's in Flatiron. And uh, and I felt like a dumbass because I was wearing a suit. But uh, obviously I got the job. And uh, So it's good that you wore a suit. I guess, well, later on, there were a bunch of people. They didn't give you shit. They were like, like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone wanted a square working there, but right. little did they know I'm the furthest thing from it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was in 2014. Now okay. I'm, I'm still there. Um, That's good shit, yeah. man. What do you do there? What's your job title? My job title is uh, brand partnership manager, which sounds really boring. Um, I don't know if it sounds boring. I just don't know what it is. Right. That's all. <laughs> yeah, people ask me. I, my job there is very bizarre. It's 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 a. Uh, on on one end, I sell advertising for Revolver, so that's a very basic thing to do. I sell ads for the website and the magazine, but uh, if you ever watch videos of bands uh, performing on our website, right. I actually am also the person that's helping produce those. So, okay. um, so I work with record labels, which is a brand partnership technically, and I go, oh, is Cypress Hill playing? I heard Cypress Hill's playing at Gramercy Theater on Halloween. I'd love to film it and broadcast it across uh, Revolver and a bunch of other uh, websites like nice. Inked, Inked Magazine. And, you know, we work with a bunch of other um, partners. And right. um, and so that's one part of what I do, which is producing videos. And it could be a live uh, performance or it could be like a um, more recently I worked on a uh, documentary, uh, a short film on Chester from Lincoln Park that's premiering soon. So, oh, um, but I work with the record labels on it. So I'm kind of like the... Uh, I don't operate the cameras or like come up with the concept, but I'm like the guy that has the meeting with the record label and goes, Hey, do you want to do something special for Chester Bennington? Uh, you know, who passed away. Yeah. We have a really great team of people and a lot of followers on social media. So we could make sure that his story is told and that, and that right. sort of thing. Um, and then I do events, you know, so I also set up like, um, you know, release parties where John Lamacchia will come and DJ. That's um, cool shit like though, that, man. That's so. like fun shit. Yeah. I try kind of like when I showed up there, there was nobody <coughs> kind of figured it out on my own. Like, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, in these, in this day and age, everyone applies for a job and you just have one role and you have to be good at it. And if you're not, then you get fired. Right. Um, I kind of went in there and it was kind of like being a kid in a playground. And I was looking at what they were lacking and what they already had going on and just trying to figure out what could I do to, uh, to take what I know and, 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 and put it to good use. And yeah. so I've kind of just become this, uh, uh, multitasker. I oh, that's guess. cool, but yeah. they were cool with that. Like they pretty much give you like free roam. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I'm passionate about it. Like it's, right. I don't treat it like a job where I clock in and go home. If I see right. an opportunity, um, if I see that there's a, a a really amazing band that needs to be, you know, sh- like we we should film this band Power Trip. But I'm I'm going to be on tour. I'm not going to be there. Right. I'll make sure that I reach out to whoever I need to reach out to and coordinate the whole thing, even if I'm on the other side of the country. So like they can see, oh, he really cares about this. Like, yeah. you know, I don't I don't want to go back to to fucking like doing like shit jobs. Yeah. And I've done I'm a lot crazy. of them, you know, and, oh, it, and I could make more money doing something else, but it's, it, it's, it's better for my sanity. Yeah. The dude. Day, Yo, you know? There's one thing that like, like, listen, I, I don't, do I love my job now? No. Right. Right. But I don't dread going to work every day. Right. Right. 
And then I've had so many jobs where I just fucking dreaded going to work. Oh, I'd be God. miserable all yeah. day at work and like watching the clock while I get out of work and I'll be all right for a couple hours and it's like, all right, you know, I got to right. start settling down now because I got to get up and, and, and I'm miserable all over. It, that's, you can't live that way, man. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, I just can't. Like, I, I understand that people do that. But I just I and and I and so there was a there was a while when I you're would a creative to, person so it's you know what I mean it's it's like I, I'm not going to say that yeah. I'm a creative person but I, I like to consider myself a little bit more than what I do for a living right you know right. what I mean I, I, I my mind is there and I do my job like I, I'm there physically and I do my job but my brain is somewhere else right right you right. know what I mean yeah no absolutely and that's yeah. pro- that's why. I think you were saying this earlier. Why we are? Uh, I think we're all wired in a certain way. When once you once you realize that you like going to spend time at like like you said like yeah. like I'm gonna go to this shithole basement right and fucking I'm gonna go to like, CBGB's in 1992 and fucking me and my friends are gonna fucking hit each other right and, for a good time and yeah. we're gonna laugh about it yeah and, and then if leave. I hit you in your face by accident because it's by accident right I'm gonna make sure that you're all right 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 we've seen it all like I, I oh, I've seen I, that I, yeah like one of my friends actually cracked I'm not this is a true story like we went to go see burn at like shaka shaka and gavin gavin's my coach yeah. actually yeah. he's my trainer all those yeah. guys on. Fucking good dudes, he's man. the best yeah but um yeah well, one you, of you my train at physical uh you, you yeah train that's okay. that's that's where uh craig satari trained me oh um, no shit. for one day but uh but yeah no my friend got his, uh, his, his skull cracked in the beginning of a burn set because my one of my boys uh elbowed him right in the face he actually cracked his skull um and he left <laughs> to get that sorted out yeah but like but like, we were all people we were all fucking friends you know yeah. was but he anyway. mad at him you can't be no he can't wasn't mad. mad i don't think he was mad but like but yeah anyway like you were saying it's hard to like it's hard to i used to go to jobs and like find a room to go pass out in and not get caught or like you know let me go like literally and that sounds funny like i'm gonna go sit in the toilet and yeah. like, close my eyes and oh, pretend yeah. i'm using the bathroom because i can't take this anymore dude i've done that yeah. so many times yeah it sucks it's the worst especially yeah. it's the best when they have a single bathroom because then no one but right. that's a sad thing it's like yo can i do this for like 40 years until i retire right like i can't do this this is not the way that i'm wired and you're trying to look busy it's 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 it's, it's like Right. It's a, you're, you're spending more time trying to get out of what you're doing and more energy trying to hide and do other shit. Right. Waiting yeah. for time to go by than oh, doing your shit. job. And yeah. that's, how, that's how miserable you got to be at work. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's not like I'm killing it by any means because if, I mean, if from the outside looking in to some people, it looks like it, but it is a hustle. Like, just like, I'm not, um, it's not. It's not just like I got to work and like everything just handed to me. You know what I'm saying? It's still work, but um, yeah. Anyway, you know, well, it what I'm could saying. be a lot fucking worse, man. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I'm not complaining. You know, and uh, we, uh, we 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 are blessed that we have a cool scene and, and yeah. a cool city and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know. I'll never leave it. Yeah, and no, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm ever going to leave New York. I have left it. Have you? I have. Where'd you go? Times. Oh, I forgot a few times, but I, I, but I'm back. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, I always come back. Um, I don't know. I've probably mentioned this before, but who cares? There's, there's 95 stories I've repeated on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Yeah. There's, there's a few stories that I try not to repeat, but sometimes they come up in conversation and it just happens, but, uh, not this one. Well, I grew up in Canarsie and then I moved to a couple of different places in Canarsie and then I moved to. Rock away for mm. a little bit, 
as a, this was like as a kid in the mid eighties. And then from there I moved back to Canarsie. And from there I moved to Howard beach from Howard beach. I joined the military. Damn. I went from Howard beach to San Antonio, Texas to Wichita falls, Texas to Clovis, New Mexico to Anchorage, Alaska, then back home to Brooklyn. Then from Brooklyn, where did I go from there? I went from Brooklyn, probably to upstate to rehab. Holy shit. Then from, from there, I mean, and we're talking bouncing apartments too while I'm in Brooklyn. And then from there, then I moved to Jersey. From Jersey, I went to Miami. From Miami, I went to North Carolina. From North Carolina, back to Brooklyn, back to Jersey. <laughs> and then like two other different spots in Jersey. And then back to Brooklyn. That's wild. Yeah. That is hardcore. <laughs> bro, I can pack up and leave in fucking three hours, bro. I'll, I'll, tell, you where, crazy. I'll, I'll tell you where I've been. I've been in Long Island, <laughs> East Village, right. Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Bushwick, and Bed-Stuy. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been all over the place. Right. But, but it, that seems like a lot, but... The, like the longest amount of time that I was really gone was like in the in the mid nineties. I've said this several times. Like I missed all the wetlands days. I loved wetlands. A lot yeah. of the a lot of the um, a lot of Coney Island High days. Oh man, I missed. I was wow. in the military, so I was still listening to music, but not in the capacity that you can now because there was no streaming then and shit like of that. Course, so I had my yeah. CD collection and yeah. shit. You know what I mean? That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just weird. But I was in like New Mexico and I told this story once before. I was up in Alaska. What the fuck did I tell? I don't remember what episode it was. Richie Five from shout out to Rich Five from Caught in the Trap and R D tattoo. Okay. Um I was I believe it was that episode where I was stationed in Alaska and I was up there for 18 months in the Air Force. And like the highlight, mm-hmm. as far as show wise, I saw Quiet Riot. Wow, up there, and the, yeah, it was like 1998, the beginning of like 98. Right, that was so like Kevin Dubrow was like 74 years old. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like Jesus. I needed a show, so I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll go see fucking Quiet Riot. Well, There's with nothing the, else to one do. One of the many singers they had had at the time, right? It wasn't but it was stadium. Kevin Dubrow. It was. Oh, it was okay. Okay, it was. That's interesting, man. Yeah. That's, so that was like yeah. the only show that I saw the entire time I was stationed. I mean, I came home on leave, right. and I would go to a show. Or something like that, but I was kind of like out of the loop for a while as far as being physically at shows. You know, right? I mean? That that was. Uh, I mean, we uh, we just identified our age difference, which was like because when I, Coney Island for me was probably even though I've been to CBS a bunch, like more of a C uh, more of a CBS type place for me at my yeah. age because uh it was like the the people that were born in like 1980 to 1985 i think it was that oh, was yeah, like a very I, big deal you know everyone yeah. played there um yeah. but I, yeah i saw like maybe two shows there right i saw leeway there on a whim i was just right. walk i was walking through fucking down, down in the village yeah and i just like looked and it was like saw a bunch of hooligans outside yeah and i looked at the thing i was like leeway i'm like did you, you did you know who Leeway was? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Leeway you, is Leeway yeah. is the band. This is the story I told a million times. But Leeway is the band that turned me from a metalhead into a hardcore. Band. Oh, right, yeah, because they're just like they they have stuff in common with Anthrax. Sure, but they also were hardcore. It was interesting. Yeah. I loved I love Leeway. I still to this day um, all four yeah. records. I love them. People yeah. are like, of course, with Born to Expire, Desperate Measures, absolutely. Yeah, but then for some reason, people don't ever talk about those other two records. Open Mouth Kiss. 
Good well, record. Well, well, it goes Born to Expire, Desperate Measures, Adult Crash, Open Mouth Kiss. Right, and I think Open Mouth Kiss is a really good record. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and 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 it's funny is I saw Leeway in that time. Which is funny, like they've, Leeway is known, uh, and I, I'm not like as old school as like the, most of the guys you probably had on the podcast, but like, I remember in the nineties when they put out that record, they were kind of leaning more towards like this, like sort of like rock band status. Well, um, yeah. And I, but I liked it is my point. I well, thought yeah. it was cool. Well, that was um, one of the reasons why Eddie named the band Leeway. Right. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were originally going to call themselves Juggernaut. Oh, okay. And then yeah. they, he decided on leeway because he didn't want to pigeonhole himself into one particular sound. Yeah, well, it makes sense now. It makes complete uh, sense. I think it's a yeah. great name for a band. Yeah. And they maintain the sound on that record, but you could tell it was going. So when I say like rock band status, I'm thinking at the time you had like Quicksand into another sure. shift, yeah. uh, Orange Nine Millimeter, and yeah. I just and it seemed at, at least uh, from my perspective as a kid that they were kind of going towards that direction. Well, yeah. And you could be on like 120 minutes or something. Same thing like yeah. like Look at Life of Agony. Oh yeah, and you know it's my <laughs> one of my really good friends from high school is now the, the drummer of Life of Agony. Okay, what's your um, name? Her name is uh, uh, Roxy. Okay, yeah, yeah Ver- like- well, well, Veronica. We we I I I call her that sometimes, but uh, okay. Ronnie. Sorry, Ronnie. No, that's yeah, cool yeah, yeah. because I mean Veronica the- Bellino. There yeah. you go. It's like those two bands that we're talking about, like like Leeway and Life of Agony. That's those two bands stand out to me as. Yes, of course, like one voice, like that agnostic front and those sick of it all records around that time. Like just look around one voice, all that life of agony stuff to, up to River Runs Red and Ugly mm-hmm. and and all the leeway stuff like that was like 90 <clears> percent <throat> of my soundtrack. Right. From like. 17 years old until you know a good five years is like yeah biohazard like like all those bands are just like and i still they're still my go-to band well it's classic they they, the classics never got a style you know it's funny is like i've taught i've talked about this a bit like i i like a lot of different types of music so do i but um what i what i identify myself as a as a hardcore punk rock kid right, right. because Same that's man. that that to me was the music even though i was into metal first and i liked grunge music um which you know i still like all that stuff but there was an ethos and philosophy that came along and clearly a um like a community so like i yeah. made friends uh all these years through the scene but my um i think i think my my music tastes for whatever reason like obviously i play in in spotlights is not a hardcore band and, right you know I, what would you I, consider spotlights as honestly I, I and this is gonna sound like i'm trying to uh dodge the question i mean i i i don't know that there's like a particular right like like we've been thrown into a lot of different uh genres i i i think that it's i i hear a little bit of '90s like alt rock, but I also hear Helmet and I hear, I hear post hardcore, yeah. um, and then um, you know, and 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 some like spacey yeah. psychedelic stuff, like shoegazy, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, Mario, I don't think is a necessarily like we all like metal, um, but I, I don't know if he's like necessarily like a a Sabbath guy or not, but like um, we definitely have slow doomy metal oh, sure. stuff going on at times so yeah. it kind of it kind of moves around but my, i guess my point was like 
people are, uh, ask me like what I listen to, and it's not anything like what I am known for playing, which is right. bizarre until recently, but which I started my first hardcore band. But I just, um, I liked going to shows, listening to the music and being part of the community. But as a player, I just, and I'm sure John uh, uh, from Candiria can relate. Even sure. though they were kind of a little more hardcore leaning. Like I just had more that I wanted to put out there. Yeah. Um, and and now that I'm doing shit, I'm like, maybe, maybe I should start a hardcore band finally. Yeah, and now I'm doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, speaking of like, you just touched on like, like John and like Candiria. It's like that band doesn't get enough credit. Like at all. No, they like, should be they huge. Were way, way, way ahead of their fucking time. Absolutely. Like I mean, way ahead of their time. And I mean, I think a lot of it was the crash. Right. And they, they, they you know, they lost momentum and stuff like that because of that, which I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I've been through that actually. I've, I've oh, been, really? I was, uh, my old band on the Might of Princes was in a van that flipped, uh, like we drove off of a cliff. Like a split in Omaha, Nebraska. It was a, it was it was the bottom of the incline, um, and the uh, the car was in the middle of the night, black ice, um, could barely see anything, and the car did a one eighty, and then um, driver's side fell off the cliff, landed on the driver's side, and then spun around until it landed on its wheels, oh, um, and shit. we all survived. Um, and was anyone like ejected because like, no. I don't remember who, but somebody was like ejected from, it might've been John. Somebody oh, was wow. ejected or a couple of people were ejected out of that fucking. No one was ejected. That Candiria talk. No one was ejected, but, uh, and, and we escaped somehow like with just a couple of cuts and bruises and some sore, sore necks. But I, but like, yeah, like what you're saying, um, Candiria on one end, yes. Candiria is insanely ahead of their time. And, um, you know, I'm glad they at least had some airplay back when sure. that was a thing and they had some cool singles. But, um, you know, bands like Dillinger Escape Plan, who have been around just as long, who are uh, w w very deservingly high up there in the, sure. uh, in the chain, I think. Um, These like play together, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, excuse me, I think, sorry, it's That's my right. lunch over there. That's but right. uh, I, I think Candiria. Uh, like you said, the crash probably is. You know, if it wasn't for the crash, I'm sure it we'd might be, be different. We, I mean, we, we don't be, know. We could yeah. just we could just you know assume. Yeah. But but I do want to give a shout out to John not only for uh, linking us together, but I just um, heard his new single uh, that he's putting out, Spilacopa. Spilacopa. And I'm just like for real, like it is not anything like Candiria no, at it's all. Not. It's probably more like Radiohead or Tom York. But I was texting him um, yesterday. And it's not, you know, when you're like friends with someone and you feel like you want to like their shit, but you can't like be honest with them. This is so good, man. I li I told him I couldn't stop listening to it. Like right. it's an unbelievable song. I didn't listen to it yet. Yeah. We're premiering it on Revolver soon and, uh, and then okay. it'll be out. But like, shout out to John. He, what, I hope what he's doing finally gets him some kind of recognition. So yeah. yeah. Spilacope is yeah. like a side project that yeah. he started like a long time ago. Right. And it was basically, if, if I'm not mistaken, John, you can hit me up if I'm, if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I'm paraphrasing like like Spilacopa is apocalypse backwards oh shit I didn't know that it's yeah it's obviously it's misspelled but if you if you right. read Spilacopa backwards it's apocalypse and I think that it was spawned from 9-11 interesting yeah which is you know obviously like fucking a man like yeah. that's yeah but yeah his single is I mean he's he's released stuff under that moniker and it's been sort of experimental yeah this is very um 
different. And I think it seems like he's going in more of a solo okay. effort. Like he's singing. He's not getting guests. Uh, okay. At least on this track, it's him uh, singing. Really? And, um, okay. You know, because before he had um, Greg from Dillinger on a track, yeah. Julie Christmas on a track, and yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. I have to listen to it. So Sorry I'm you... picking my teeth, but hold on. I don't care. People don't see it. <laughs> People just, don't hear you picking at your jibs. Don't have Thai food before you do a podcast interview. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, I don't know where I was. I know we're riffing and we're going now. No, well, we were talking about like like the '90s, like the sound of where people were going, and I had mentioned Life of Agony, and then like like you know from obviously from like Red oh, right. to like Ugly, and then it goes to like Soul Searching Sun, which is very right alternative oh, right. rock you know but there's some heavy stuff in there but it's very radio play friendly you know what's interesting about new york hardcore that i think is very different there's a lot of things that are special and different about it but we had bands that were exposed to um hip-hop and bands that were exposed to um just about any, everything. And so I think in the 90s, that would explain why you have Quicksand, why you have Orange 9mm, yeah. why you have Into Another. And, um, you know, I'm sure there were some haters out there, but I fucking loved, I loved it. all of it. So, um, I- so that's kind of like, I think, where as a hardcore kid, I was sort of seeing a lot of that stuff. And that's where, what I relate to. And I think... Um, you know, even I'm sure Mario mentioned it. Mario grew up on hardcore, and so did Sarah. Um, yeah, his first show was like uh, either Instead or Infest in like Miami. So like, okay. so the heavy stuff. You know, well, that's a good you know, launching point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we there are roots. You know, you don't hear it, uh, or maybe you do, but like we, uh, you know, that's where we're. That's where our personalities are coming from, yeah. at least. You know, so so how many releases does Spotlights have out? Jesus Christ, um, they they fucking work hard. I'm only on one, but uh, are I'm you from, on the titles record? No, that's when I started playing uh, with them as okay. a uh, as a live drummer. Uh, the most recent full length, Love and Decay, okay. uh, is the only record that I played on so far. Okay, um, and we just dropped a new EP uh, the other day. Um, the, the other day, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like not even sure. <laughs> uh, I uh, I didn't play on it because uh, my bandmates moved to Pittsburgh and um, it just didn't work with my schedule. But um, so I'm looking up the name of it. Actually, it's called We Are All Atomic, and okay. uh, it is. Uh, you can go on our Bandcamp and and, and order vinyl right. or whatever awesome. you're into and stuff. What so. record label? We're on Ipecac, which is uh, oh, uh, Mike Patton from. Uh, you know, Faith No More, Mr. Bungle. Yeah, Sick. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a perfect fucking segue. Right, it's a good segue. <laughs> you know, so, you know, as as John was hitting me up, you know, seeing if I, you know, to, to link with you, he was like, one of the one of the messages was just like, yo, you, you know that they're, they're, they're <laughs> doing a run of dates with Faith No More and Corn. I'm like, right. yo, that's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, good for them. Yeah, yeah. So Thank I you. guess, like, how do, I mean, I, did Mike Patton hit you up or? So the way uh, that I understand it to be is, you know, I, I kind of am more on the, in the background. I, I'm on the sidelines. Right. Um, I, uh, I'm sure you're in the know. Kind of. Um, yeah, like they, they well, they, they say I have a big mouth. So so they, they wait until uh-huh. the very end to let me know when something's happening. And right. to an extent, they might not be wrong. Uh, it's the uh, Yenta in me, nice. uh, right. you know, but uh <laughs> Mike, Mike, we actually only we only met Mike twice. Okay, and we've been on his record label for years. Okay. Um, and um, it was it was because his manager Greg, who runs the record label, was really into us that we ended up on this label. And um, 
right around the time that Love and Decay was about to uh, come out last year. Um, they were trying to get us on a bunch of bigger tours. And then uh, one major tour, I don't know if I can really talk about, like we we thought we were going to get it. It was it was a stadium tour. It, it was it would have been like us at like Barclays, and if it if it had worked out, didn't work out. And then um, you don't want to say who the headline band was. I don't know if I get in trouble for it because right, right, it so might still I, be something that like we're right, trying so, to do. All right, so leave it alone. It's like one of the biggest rock records that came out last year. But all right, so we don't want to we don't want to indirectly <laughs> yeah. fuck you over by you just saying something. Yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. That would be classic. Yeah. Um, a classic. Stifle the yenta in yourself yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't get that tour. And then, like, um, I think we were, at least I can speak for myself. I was trying to get bummed out because I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, you know, I'm doing this thing. And we had done really big tours, but, like, it had been a while. We toured with Deftones, like, three, four years ago. And, like, you know, we, we've been doing as much as we can, uh, but mainly, like, headlining. And, and we're not that huge, you know. Right. We're just still playing clubs. And yeah. um, so the, this, the timing was amazing uh, that I found out that we got the tour. I was actually in a sober bar. I'll tell you about the sober bar. If Talk you to me about check it. it out. But um, I was in a sober bar, just sitting there, like, "Fuck, what am I doing?" And um, my bandmates are like, "Hey, man, what are you doing this summer? Uh, uh, do you want to go play arenas with Corn and Faith No More?" <laughs> so, no, I don't. and I'm like, and I'm like, "What the what the fuck are you talking about?" And they're like, "Yeah, man." And they sent me the tour dates. So, like, we got the tour, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, we can't talk right now. We're really busy, but uh, yeah, man. Like, congratulations, and we're all like, kind of just like congratulating each other on our text message but um mike pushed for us from what i understand i just met him for the second time uh, uh two weeks ago because we opened up for bungle which was crazy Nuts. but um was it the same show with antidote there was the antidote was day two we were day one okay but um oh, i don't know if this is gonna uh, be popular to talk about but harley was there and he played a song okay <laughs> so he was there but uh all right um but uh but we played and um and we met mike and he put us he was the guy that put us on the tour so we thanked him and we do owe it uh to to mike Patton and and his uh partner greg for for doing that and so we're that doing was easy a weird guy nice guy he's a really nice guy yeah yeah I you know, that. yeah i, I mean i think that uh you know maybe if you met i i didn't i don't know him that well like i said i only met him right. twice but i'm well, sure you get a first impression yeah i'm sure if you met him in 1995 it would have been a different story than 2020 but probably you know, yeah probably. but um and uh and 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 we're doing most of the uh like we're doing one month the thing that that is you know, has been gutting me as we didn't get the Barclays gig, yeah. but, uh, but I'm happy playing the Pepsi center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'll figure it out. Why yeah, the fuck yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Man, right? So it's a good, it'll be a good time. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fucking. I mean, where are you even playing? Like, like you, you have like a fucking, a few dates. We have like, we're doing August 7th to the 27th and, right. uh, it's, 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 it's mostly West coast. Like, uh, it, it ranges from like, um, you know, Washington to it's all arenas. A lot of, yeah, it's like you know, it's it's bugging me out. That's so we're we're, we're we're trying to you know, it's like now now that we have it, we're trying to like figure out how do you how do you own it? You know, because we all know growing up when you go see Slayer you, and and then some other bands opening up, it's just like there's a funny Henry Rollins interview where he talks about how Rollins band opened up for like some huge band. I don't know if it was Slayer, but like right. you, he, he compared it to like, you're just like a, you're in the way of like them yes. and the band they want to see. Yes. And they just don't, they, they don't want you there. Right. Um, and so I'm very much aware of that. So I think we're just sort of like, all right, now we're here. How do we make sure that we, uh, 
to say, well, you fucking, you fucking kill crush it. it. Just, just crush yeah, it every exactly. night. You never know if it's going to happen again, you know? You never know. So so we're going to do our best. You know? And what's cool is that, Gary, regardless of, of anything, you're going to win some people over. It's New yeah. Year's. You're definitely going to gain new fans from I it. I should hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how do you... Playing arenas, how do you not? Right, right. You'd have to be a... I mean, I, I'm not saying we're the best band, but you'd have to be a pretty horrible band yeah. to fucking play right. arenas and then get no fans out of it. So right. knock on wood. Yeah, um, yeah man. But uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped. It's in August and um, tickets are on sale now. So... All right, know, good. Where can they go? Do you know that shit? Yes. Well, uh, basically, uh, LiveNation.com. Okay. Um, you know, if you just go on LiveNation.com and look up Faith No More Corn, you'll, you'll be able to purchase tickets for the uh, entire tour and, and and Helmet is on the second the part that we're not on the, the the Barclays show the other half of the tour is with Helmet so so that's pretty fucking sick yeah man yeah right that's fucking nuts yeah Faith No More and Helmet man and Corn. it's like that's a show yeah <laughs> that's also kind of crazy if you think about it because you were such a huge Helmet fan it's like alright you're splitting the tour or whatever it is and you're just like swapping out with Helmet okay. it, it was a huge bummer to know that uh that that was not going to happen, but I, 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 you would have to be like total babies to complain. Yeah, <laughs> I want helmet. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be at those shows watching because I'll be home by the time it yeah. starts with helmet. So I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Barclays and seeing them. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've never been to a show at Barclays. You know what? It's awesome. I, I mean, I know that an arena show. I don't know if you're an arena guy. Not really. Yeah, I mean, I had I, honestly, I've been to. Well, yeah, I can't count Lollapaloozas because that's like outside. <laughs> I can't, I'm not counting outdoor shit. Woodstock '99, like not that, but like inside of a place. Like I, I've probably said it before, but in like I think it was like '90, like 1990, I saw a fucking Motley Crue. Wow, it was Faster Pussycat and Motley Crue at the Nassau at the Meadowlands. Was, was that even with Vince Neil? Yes. Okay, because you remember they had John Karabi. No, this was Dr. Fielder. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, great. Yeah, yay me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was Fast the Pussycat, Motley Crue. And then the, as far as a, a, a concert, like in an arena. Right. I, I, I Like I said, I can't count Lollapalooza 93 or 94. I can't count <laughs> Woodstock because that's all outside festival type shit. So the the only other time I've ever been to a stadium tour uh, show was the last time Slayer just played the Garden. That was a great show. It was great. Do you remember that they great. played Agnostic Front Victim in Pain on the fucking house monitors at some point? Did they? Yeah, it was. I was bugging out. I couldn't believe it. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it was, was a like, really was weird New York fucking. It was a weird New York moment to just like sit there, knowing the history of AF, growing up in squats, playing at A seven, and then being at Madison Square Garden. Even though they didn't play that show, just like they're playing Victim in Pain at Madison Square Garden yeah. on the fucking house speakers. Yeah, which I'll transition and say it's fucking weird because I saw Agnostic Front open up for Misfits at an arena in Philadelphia. And the fucking whoever I was, was so yeah. fucking happy for them. That's like another uh, thing. It's like <laughs> it's like Vinny's the best, and fucking Rogers is fucking the best dude. And they also Mike Gallo rules. I love Mike Gallo. Mike Gallo's great. Long I Island had, baby. I had Vinny and Mike <laughs> on way back, and hopefully, maybe by the time you're listening to this, you might have heard another episode with them too. But um, <laughs> you know, it's like that's like another thing. It's like that shit made me happy. Oh like, yeah, I saw Agnostic Front on that. So I'm like. Fuck yeah. I'm right. like, I think that they should have got, what, what was it? Agnostic Front Dropkick Murphy. Yes. And I was like, you know what? But I got a little greedy in my own little stupid way. I'm like, 
AF should be around. They should be after Dropkick Murphys. Sure, yeah. yeah. They well, should be. They've been around yeah. way more, they're way, way longer, and they fucking deserve it. They, Ignacio Fo played with the Misfits back in the day. Well, that's true. And we're also, you know, that's like a Boston Pride and a New York Pride thing, you sure. know, too, which is interesting. But uh, they played, and the, whoever was monitoring the music in the in the in the in the arena. They were playing like Warzone, Killing Time, Bold. I'm like, I'm I'm sitting there in front of like um like a Five Guys or one of those like weird chains, and I'm looking at my friend. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I'm get like you're getting a thirteen dollar cocktail. I'm standing next to Five Guys, yeah. and I'm sitting in an arena, and I'm listening to Wise Up by Bold. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, it was you know you know when we're co- you're coming from our perspective. Yeah, it's bizarre, but I. I, I, I'm happy for, 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 for that. And, and that goes back to what I was saying about New York. Like what's different about New York is that other scenes that may you, I know I listened to your episode with Stephen Blush um, and great guy. Yeah. I never met him before except for that day. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, yeah. that's cool, great. man. I oh, mean, great. we're talking about record collections. Right. Oh, my God. I found it interesting. It was the last episode I listened to of, of Brooklyn furnace, Brooklyn blast furnace. But um, I, you know, you have these great bands, but they all broke up and then they, they continue to do stuff that had nothing to do with hardcore. And I feel like New York, um, like may, maybe all these other people didn't necessarily want to get famous, but I think that it makes sense why hip hop and punk rock and hardcore is the way it is here. It's because like many of us, and I'm not claiming that I grew up hard. I grew up in a very good family in a very nice town, but I was fucked with. Right. by a lot of people and right. I fought people all the time and it sucked. Right. I couldn't get a cup of coffee or a slice of pizza without somebody fucking trying to jump me. It sucked. Right. So, you know, um, I just think that like when you get into music and this is all street music, it is. you really want to come up as as high as possible in sure. what you're doing because you've been told that you're, you're being pushed down all your life. Right. Yeah. So, so to see AF in an arena, and here, like, bold in an arena, like, you know, if if there's some punk purist that's like, oh, I'm like, it's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Like, shut it's the fuck up. Great. They're playing fucking, like, some shit that was recorded in, like, a shithole. Yeah. In, like, in, like, like 19... 19- bucks. Yeah, literally in an arena and, like, Agnostic Front is playing and Vinny Stigma's in the audience, like... And playing guitar in the middle of a circle pit, like Amazing. fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You can't say shit. No, exactly. It was the same thing when I when I found out that that Murphy's Law was opening up for the Misfits. Oh, I was so I'm bummed. Like, so fucking happy though. Dude. Like Jimmy G is the best. And I'm like, and and so is Raven, and now all those guys. And I'm like. Good for them. Like, you fucking deserve yeah, that man. shit. Yeah, man. Jesus Christ. You, you deserve know. that shit. All the years of grinding and just constantly playing. And Every year. You yeah, fucking yeah. deserve that shit. I read some bullshit about my band today on the internet. Because uh, they, they're always bullshit. I don't know if I should get into this, but we... If you uh, want. There's always bullshit. There's bullshit about me. There's, yeah. bullshit, there's bullshit about everything. We never had uh, internet drama before because we're not that band but right. something happened where something that mario said on a podcast was taken out of context and oh like, of course um, everyone, and now everyone, everyone like, in their little putney feelings people getting upset about it and oh, it just God. uh so uh and then got I, a hobby. yeah and I, I i i had to like take myself away from the computer because i was reading comments yeah of like strangers that i've never even seen in my life of course and they don't, I don't know even know they are yeah and i just was well actually the funny part was the guy that posted this was the guy that posted this comment was in brooklyn of all places and he goes whatever spotlights is one of those bands that's just playing the industry super hard and they're like one day they were playing at a small club for nobody in brooklyn and then they were on tour with deftones they're like not and he was using it as a diss and i'm like no shit i'm like what the fuck do you think that's how usually (laughs) it was like what do you think we're trying to do you want me to fucking like basically like 
be broke and right. like fucking like just play to you. Right. <laughs> you want know yeah, like, to play for the, yeah. the fucking yeah. bartender? Yeah. And like, we're not even like killing it necessarily. I mean, right. it might seem like it, but like, yeah, like it's really, it's still, we can't afford to, we're, we're trying to figure out if we can bring a sound guy to, to, to go on this arena tour. Right. We're not, we're not sure if we can. So it's like, you know, it all seems like that. But anyway, it's just funny when people are so precious about like what is supposed to be underground and what's supposed to be this. Right. And the second someone gets a small little bit of success, yeah, people like fucking like to shit. About. And, and that had nothing to do with the um, comment necessarily that, 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 that got controversial, but I was just reading um, like what other people had to say and I had to take myself away. I'm like, yeah. I'm getting angry right now. Yeah. You got, you yeah, got yeah. to pull yourself away because people are going to fucking say whatever the fuck they want to say. Right. And then, and then if you, if you put your little two cents in, then it just escalates and it grows and it never fucking stops. Right, right. So right, it's like right. you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I see what you say, but but, but you know what? Go right. fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no time to entertain this to go back <laughs> and forth. If you want to see me, you know where I am. Oh like, yeah, yeah, are yeah. you really that mad over what? Right, really? Right, right, right. Are you fucking fourteen in the schoolyard? Yeah, yeah. Grow yeah. up. Go fucking go bang your girlfriend or go, <laughs> go walk your dog or go bang your boyfriend or whatever the hell you're into. That's the funny thing about music is I was saying this yesterday. When you run into somebody and one guy just is having a bad day. You never know. Like maybe right. his fucking dad died and it's like suddenly the entire band are assholes now because you just ran into one member of the band right. and he was having a bad day or something. I'm not saying that's what happened, but like it's just funny how people think about sure. stuff, you know. But anyway, anyway, going off on a side tangent. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, whatever. <laughs> yeah it's whatever. So you, you had mentioned that, that where's this sober bar thing? So there is a sober bar called Getaway. It's the first sober bar in New York. And I am a sober bar. It's, it's curious. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would even be my thing though. It depends on like where you're at. And, and, and cause like, I don't know, like personally I'm single. Okay. So, hey, how you doing? But, uh, <laughs> right. no, like I, I liked the idea of like a sober bar, uh, it's like a like, cool concept. Yeah, like if, like what if I want to go out to a bar on Friday or Saturday night at two in the morning, right? right. And I'm a single guy, and you know, and most like I mean, I could go to a regular bar, right? But like, it's just cool to have that alternative because I know I could go somewhere right. where if there is a. a I'm just saying, like, you know, it doesn't have to be me going out, like, trying to date, but like, you right. know, that whoever's in there most likely is in your same. Um, boat, which right. the rest of the world gets to experience once you become sober, right. things change. Sure. You know, uh, it's called the getaway. So shout out to them, but, uh, they nice. make really cool cocktails and, um, y- yes, they are, some of them are priced high, but well, they make, um, you know, they make, um, uh, non-alcoholic wine, which some people will be like, oh, it's just grape juice, but you know what? Fuck off. Cause I can't drink it. So I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you know? sure. It's more yeah, of a people feeling, don't man. understand if they haven't been in, in, in the shit. Right. Right. You know right. I mean? Yeah. So you're sober how long now? I'm celebrating 15 months tomorrow, which I only realized awesome. because of our text message earlier. I didn't right. know that. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is podcast time. So this is like, you know, like, I don't know, several weeks ago. Right. Right. So, so maybe he's close to 16 months. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, me too. I mean, October, October 1st was five years. Wow, dude. Yeah. Shit. That's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I had a couple, you know. Congratulations. Eh, thanks. But, yeah. um, it's like, you know, I don't care. I'll get into it a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I went to, I mean, I, I touched on this a lot on episode 51. Actually, 50, 49 and 51. It's amazing which, that you remember. I do. Certain <laughs> things I remember. Certain certain episodes, it's like, oh, yeah, he was in like the 90s, maybe, 80-something. Right. Yeah, well, because episode 
49 was I did a thing it was called Jimmy Ferrari Life and Times. Okay. And it was I was sitting on my bed with my phone with a, like kind <laughs> of like a like bullet points of chronological order like little bullet points. Right. And I just told good, bad, ugly, indifferent, fucked up, sad, funny, everything about me. I mean, that's amazing and you went out of your way to like have it's a like, voice so it's, it's like great. two and a half hours long. Right. And I was like, you hear, like, I didn't even know. It's like I had, like, all my notifications on my phone. So you hear, like, dings and fucking bells <laughs> going off and people texting me. Hey, it's punk rock. It's yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is that? I was like, <laughs> and then my phone rings and there was this band from Philly called Done Deal. And they were, like, my ringtone. But you just hear silence on the podcast. <laughs> but it's, I'm hearing this. I'm like, oh, fuck. And it fucks me up. And But it's like a two and a half hour thing. But I spoke about that, and then and then a lot of people like were like, "Dude, that's a fucking amazing story and shit like that. You should make a screenplay, all this crazy shit." And then uh, people were asking me more in detail about me because I even said I was like, you know, I walked into rehab on April Fool's Day, two thousand and four. Wow, April Fool's Day, two thousand and four. I walked into rehab, and I went from. Like it was called, it was called entry, like basically entry into rehab in, in Far Rockaway for like three weeks. And then from there you get a house. Cause I went to daytop. Okay. So there was three different houses where upstate main treatment happens. So it was either Parksville, Swan Lake or Springwood. Okay. So I went up to Springwood, which is up in Rhinebeck, not too far from Poughkeepsie. Got it. So, and then after that, then you come back down to the same place in Far Rockaway for re-entry, basically re-entry into quote unquote society. Uh, you know I mean? It's a whole process. It's a whole process. But I was I, every the entire thing was like sixteen months. I was upstate in main upstate treatment for thirteen months. Wow, that's yeah. something that I've never experienced uh, before. And I, you're you lucky. Know. You're not missing anything. No, I have no, no, stories no. for days, and like my one of my my best friend Ian Schaefer. Shout out to him because people just heard his episode a couple of episodes ago. His part two. Um, he's like my brother, and I yeah. met him up there. And he's a phenomenal tattoo artist. Like he did all this, George. He did all this. Oh wow! Stuff. Is that George Carlin? Yeah, it is George Carlin. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like ten years old. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is all from my friend Ian, who I met in rehab. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sick bastard. Like fucking. He looked like, at the time he was all like bloated and shit from drugs and shit, but he looked like a a, a bloated extra tattooed Sid Vicious. Damn. He did, yeah. And yeah. he was wearing a, a Charlie Don't Surf Apocalypse Now wow. shirt and shit. So, yeah, so me and him clicked. And then um, then uh, I was sober. I mean, after I, after I left Daytop, I was sober for about six and a half, almost seven years. Okay. And then a lot of shit. I mean, I say this all the time. Like, I'm not making excuses because it was my fucking stupid decision, obviously. Right. But a lot of shit went down at the same time. Like, my mother passed away. My marriage at the time was falling apart. Like, I had a brand new baby girl. Like, work wasn't steady. We were beat. There was so much shit. Life was just... Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I was brawling with my sister. There was, like, there was so much shit that was going on. And I was just like, fuck all of this shit. Right. And, and I had that moment, and I went to a bar, and it was a wrap. And then... And then right after I started drinking again, that's when my mother passed away. And then, and then from there, I fucking lost my shit. So I you did lost. six, seven years first, fell off. Fell off that, almost four. And now you're back on five. Now I'm back. Wow. Five. Yeah, so October, November, December. Yeah, almost, yeah, when this airs, almost five and a half. Good for you, man. Yeah. I, I know that, like, it, after a while, like, I mean, I've only been 15 months, but this was my third attempt. Okay. So I... I 
similar to you, I had like um I tried yeah. several times yeah. before like I would go like ninety days, like when when I would live with like my ex girlfriend in like nineteen in, in like nineteen ninety nine, we would have like a huge fucking brawl, drunk hard drinking too. Right. And we would do like this stupid shit and I'd be like, yo, like I gotta fucking chill. And I would go to like an AA meeting or something like that. Right. And I would get like ninety days. Right, right, and then I'd be like, all right, I think I'm gonna smoke a joint now. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I'd smoke a joint, and I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna grab myself a twelve pack. So that's interesting, and I guess there's a lot of difference uh, in like, because like I I do smoke weed, but not often, but it doesn't make me want to um, drink, which is yeah. weird. But uh, well, it's but not weird. Everyone's yeah. different. Yeah, like me, different. me, if I smoke, but first of all, I can't smoke weed anymore. Like yeah. even like I smoked it like a couple of times, like my last run. Yeah, but. I hated it. Like maybe yeah. maybe paranoid and shit. Like I yeah. didn't like it. back when I was a kid, forties and blunts all day long. Like, Interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I just didn't like it anymore. I'd rather just fucking just drink like a maniac. Yeah, I feel you. I got to give a shout out. This is actually a connection to my sobriety. Uh, Gavin Van Vlack is actually the guy that okay. I would uh, say had a huge part in 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 getting me. Uh, cleaned up because yeah. I looked up to him and uh, I ended up at Physical Culture Collective, his gym, another yeah. shout out there, because when I was trying to get sober the first time, he let me join for free um, just to try it out because he thought it might help me. And I and I That's and great. I told him that I told him for I only knew him as a fan. I know we um, I don't know if we have too much time, but I told, yeah, I told him um, that I had an interest in coming there for years and uh when when I went to check out his gym, we got off topic, and I told him I was just going through a breakup of a six year relationship that ended. Um, lost my car, my dog, my apartment. Thought that we were going to get married, and you know that's what I wanted at least. Right. And then uh, and I was already doing a lot of I was doing drugs and drinking already. But then obviously when the shit comes crashing on you, now it's on. Yeah. So I'm going fucking yeah. crazy yeah. and hanging out and fucking like basically like in my like mid thirties, living like a 22 year old, living with my, um, with my best friend. We're just enabling each other. The whole place is it's like the same like, thing, bro. Couch yeah. surfing. Yeah. It's, it's not just dark, miserable, dark, yeah. miserable, yeah. all my fucking belongings in my fucking car. Oh, it's gross. I had bed bugs. There was no, there was nothing in my fridge besides like a couple of Coors lights and a fucking empty pizza box. Like, like sad, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, got, I, yeah. I never had to deal with bed bugs. That's, that's the only thing. That was cause I moved into a shitty place with a slumlord, but, uh, oh, you know, okay. welcome to New York. But, uh, yeah. but, um, Gavin, pulled me in. I don't do meetings, really. I go once in a while. He took me to a few, but it was really his gym and him as a role model and and just knowing what he had been through. And um, and then I was when I was working out, I was still using, but it was like the the like the second or third time I was. Uh, this is Muay Thai, so it's not like I'm going to like Crunch Fitness. I'm like right. I'm like fucking like sitting there getting punched in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just taking yeah. a hit and like yeah. and um, you're fucking getting beat up. Bro. Yeah, pretty much. And like I'm getting like bloody noses while I'm there, not from getting hit in the face, but just like because I did fucking shit the night before that I shouldn't have been doing. And I'm like, what am I? And I'm smoking cigarettes. So I I you know I just basically like stopped everything i lost like 30 pounds i um i lost 30 pounds and then i stopped smoking altogether i did like 10 months fell off then i did like i'm sorry no i did like seven months fell off eight months fell off now i've doubled it at 15 months and and i just don't have those similar um 
like uh, what do you call it? Temptations. When I I can hang out right. till three, four in the morning with people. Yeah, me too. It's I like, can even see people doing drugs in front of me. Yeah, me and, too. I've yeah. seen people doing drugs in front of me. I've been in bars. I don't know how many times it doesn't bother me. That's like if, if 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 you were drinking a beer. It wouldn't bother me. I mean, that's the least of it. If I hear a, a guy doing lines in the bathroom or if I look at it, it's just it's painful to watch. Yeah. I, I can feel whatever like he's doing to himself go up the side of my head. Oh, yeah. And and and, and I'm just like, fuck, why are you doing that? You have that? to go take a shit in a little while if you think about it too much. Yeah, just why? Rumbling. I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So so it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, once I, don't you get miss, to I don't miss that shit. Like, I wasn't that much uh, that much into the right. blow. But, but yeah, I've had, I've had my nights for sure. Yeah. But. That, that especially is something I don't miss. Right. You know, and you know what the fucking other thing is? It's not shocking. So it's like something about it is like, like, I'm not shocked that I'm in a club playing a show and there's a guy doing drugs. Like, I'm just, no. so it's not, it's actually like pretty ordinary because people normal. are, that's the norm. Know, yeah. People are always like, oh, how do you hang out? And I'm just like, it's just, just what do you want me to do? I like, yeah. I, I can't, if I, if I can't. If if I can't handle being around that, then I can't play shows. Right. <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah. I can't watch shows. Right. You know what I mean? Or go celebrate my buddy's birthday. So you know, you gotta of you course. have you have to think about it in a certain way where you're just yeah, like, it's, yeah. All, it's all like mindset shit. Yeah. And yeah. But it, it, it never bothered me either. It's like all right. Yeah. You know it, that that that's it's like anything, especially if you're a drinker. I could walk down the block. Like I stopped here to get that drink that I that I came and I finished right before I got here. <laughs> yeah. You know, that aloe drink shit. <laughs> right, right. I could have very easily went fucking one refrigerator over and grabbed myself a fucking 40. <laughs> right. No, I mean. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, why would I? It's I'm no use for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a whole different thing, bro. Because it's like, like my, my, the last few days of the last time I drank was just. It was miserable. It's like, did you ever get to the point where you wake up and you're pissed off that you lived? Right, right, right. It's like, that's crazy too. That's, I mean, that's a rock bottom, you know, my, yeah, for me, my rock bottom was, I like, and I know some people that are sober might call this a cop out. I never considered myself um, a a drug addict or an alcoholic, which I know is going to sound funny. I just didn't know how to control, um, habits when I was out partying. I didn't do anything alone in my house. I wasn't drinking at home alone. I wasn't using home alone. It was just like... Oh, I'd I could, be fucking drinking alone. Right, I'd be dry like, drinking yeah. the shower as soon as I Right. There, yeah. Like, I wasn't like... It, I was you know, bad. Everyone had a different experience. It was like, I just couldn't hang out and celebrate my friend's birthday at a bar without, like, getting, you know, trashed. And then if I got trashed, then I wanted some blow. Of course. And now this is like a really easy way to like go meet ladies and it always worked. And, you know, that's not a great way to meet people. And that's not a great way to celebrate your buddy's birthday. And it's not a great way to like show up to work the next day. So, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that I figured out. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I just stopped doing it. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll also like, tie this up too by like kind of relating it to what we're doing here which is that um it also allows for like other ways to spend your time so like Fuck yeah. like the fact so that we're productive right dude. like what we're doing right now is cool because it's a creative outlet to uh spend your time doing something that's not in a bar drinking which is like i miss it sometimes i walk by my local bar and there's something i romanticize about yes. sitting there and putting sabbath on a jukebox and taking a shot and like same like loosening up but at the yeah. same time i could i i get uh more just as much if not more satisfaction over doing a podcast or doing uh, a session with gavin at his gym yeah or fucking um 
like, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm probably forgetting other things that I like to do, but like, you know, I, I could spend the same amount of money and go rock climbing in Brooklyn sure, um, and, 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 and fucking leave like more fit than I was than I walked in there yeah, as opposed to spending 150 bucks at a bar on shots and leaving with the fucking gut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, so, yeah. And and when you start to get our age, you know, it's kind of unattractive. And you could look better now than you did when you were 25. Damn right. <laughs> absolutely can. Yeah. Absolutely true. can. You know? It's fucking scary, dude. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I don't know. A lot That's of, my PSA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, listen, <clears throat> I mean, you know, it was fucked up. Like, I mentioned it on, on those episodes I mentioned earlier. It's like, not a good time, Jimbo, to start fucking drinking again with a, with a brand new baby. Right. You know and what you I have mean? kids. I have one kid. So, but thank God, thank God. She doesn't, I would never, I was never drinking actually in front of her. Right. Ever. A lot of the times, because I had a completely different work schedule and this and that, I would be drinking at night. She'd be sleeping. I'd be at work. I'd be drinking. Yeah. So she never said it. She never seen it. But one day she asked me, which kind of put it in concrete. And I never lied to her either. Like, but she, she's like, hey, dad, have you ever been drunk? Right. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, yeah, I did a lot of stupid things when I was younger. Yeah. I did. But she doesn't, thank God, she doesn't remember me drinking or anything like that. She only remembers me and knows me as sober dad. That's good. Thank Thank God. God. Yeah, thank God. You know what I mean? It's like, like I think like, yo, what an asshole thing to do. You have a brand new fucking infant and you're going out drinking. Yeah. Scumbag, lowlife shit. Right. But now I look at it like... It could have been worse. I'm glad, I'm glad whatever happened happened the way it happened. And it, you know, the, the last night that I drank, I don't even really remember what the fuck happened. And all I do is I remember that I was in Lutheran Hospital and Jesus. For TL, oh, bro, I was in the fucking yeah. psych ward for two weeks. Hey, you know, I, I'm just glad. Nuts. Like what you were saying. Like they were I'm like, yo, what yeah. am I doing here? There were times when I, like, it was so bad that I almost called my family, like my sister or my brother in law or my dad. And I'm just really glad. Not that I can't do that. But I'm glad that I got to a point where I was able to like even even while I was high, just to be like, just fucking try to go to sleep. And if it doesn't work, just 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 lay there. Yeah. But like, don't involve anybody. And I one time uh, was like one one dark moment. I was like in a fucking bathtub, like, and my girlfriend at the time was like not sure if she should call the uh, an ambulance because I, my heart was fucking racing. Yeah. And thank God everything was fine. We woke up. We got through it. And then. Um, my my worst, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I shouldn't get into this, this too much, but I actually had one dark moment where I had to call Gavin and be like, I need help because I can't get these people out of my house. And it was like a drug dealer that I felt like was in danger. Yeah. Um, but was it in danger? Was it danger to me? Um, and he was like, get that guy out of there right now and get over here. And so I'll, I'll stop the story at that right. point. But like, I was able to get him out and I went to his house yeah. and I owe that guy my life. Yeah. Um, so, um, check out burn at black and blue (laughs) but uh and 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 if you and if you want to stay fit check out physical culture collective yeah uh, which speaking of i need to get my ass in there but um but the last moment i had was was bizarre it wasn't like this like rock bottom moment i had so many rock bottoms it was just like an enough's enough's enough moment i just like i went out it was right it was a day after thanksgiving and my right around my birthday i told my friends that i wanted to watch um creed 
because Rocky's my favorite movie. My, so I wanted to watch it's Creed. My fa- it's my favorite franchise and movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I wanted to see Creed 1 or Creed 2. It was one of those. And uh, I was like, I don't want to do anything crazy for my birthday. I want to see Creed and I want to get some food. We did exactly that. And I ran into um, I ran into a guy that I knew that had drugs. And I, and I saw two attractive women that were talking to me, that were paying attention to me. And that's it. That's all you need for for trouble. Right. And at the end of the day, you don't get anything out of it. I I, I left with um I ended up at some random person's house later on getting driven in sunlight because I hadn't slept back to my house by a person that was drinking while they were driving. Of course. Um, and I knew while that was happening that that was a horrible thing to be yeah. doing, but I couldn't do anything to change it. Right. And that was when I um, was just like, uh, this is, I went cold turkey. Yeah. From, from that day, November 27th of uh, 2018, I went, I never did it. I never smoked a cigarette. I never touched booze and I never touched hard drugs. Right. Ever. Good for you, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I might have, I went to like, I might have went to like six or seven meetings. Okay. But it was I went just, on and off for like the first, like the first 90 days, I was pretty much there a lot. And then I, I would go in maybe once a month. And then I went and I celebrated my one year anniversary. Wow. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. That's pretty cool. I never celebrated. Oh, wait, no, I celebrated alone. <laughs> I went oh, yeah, there yeah, and yeah. it was, it was at the time where it's like I was working a different shift and, I was like, listen, my, my old boss, I'm like, and me and my old boss used to party together. Right, right. You know, and, and I was like, listen, I'm going to be like an hour late for, for, for work. I'm like, I'm going to do, you know, and, and then what was cool is I was there and then my boss walked in. Right, right. You know, he's one of my best friends I know since I'm like 16. Right. So, you know, he was there and it was a whole bunch of people and it was cool. It wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. It was like, you know, 35 people in the meeting or whatever. And I just got up there and I spoke and blah, blah, blah. blah and. And, uh, you know, and that was it. And that was like the last meeting that I went to. That's pretty cool, though. I feel like uh, I might take that into action and maybe celebrate one of my anniversaries. Yeah, you just got to go there a certain amount of time and then that's your group. And then, you know, you just you, you get yeah. to know people and whatnot. I like celebrating and I like uh, what like I I, I, I went to um, a steakhouse by myself in Wall Street, All spent right. a bunch of money on myself okay. and had a, a non-alcoholic beer. There you go. And, and it was just a cool thing. I don't remember why. Uh, why I was alone, but I was like, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do this myself. Cause it was, it meant something to me. And I was like, I don't need to go out with it. You know what it was probably like, I remember like how, like, like every year on my birthday, I go, do I need to do this again? Because I spent half the time being like, everyone's getting wasted on my birthday. Like, like I don't need to be here right now. Um, so I just thought maybe I should do it privately and do my own thing. And it was cool just to think about it. Sometimes sometimes it's good and it's healthy to do shit by your fucking self. Yeah, especially a one-year sobriety. Do it by you know yourself. I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't year. need all the fucking all the congratulations. Just do it right, for yourself. Right, right, just be right. in your own house. I make a post on social, but just to set an example, every time I have an anniversary, yeah. I just to you know, because I know I know that there are people out there that yeah. are reading that shit that I know because I've seen them in bars. And I'm like that guy doesn't look good. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So maybe be, he'll read this. Maybe you know. Maybe he'll listen to this. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, yeah. It's good shit. Man. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me. Dude, yeah. anytime. You made it fucking really easy. Yeah, man. You know, I, I mean, was, I was like, yeah, no problem. Where do you live? And I just, I had no idea. And you're like, oh, I'm in bed style. I'm like, all right, let me just fucking see. And the little good old GPS right in the city. <laughs> it, was, it was two trains. It was, it was easy. And yeah. then a couple of block walks, straight shot. 
I don't know if I don't know if we. Uh, uh, I think we covered. Uh, yeah, I think we covered pretty much fucking everything. Yeah. Um, what's oh well, I do want to. I do want to make a shout out to uh, whoever you want. I'm in a new band called Total Meltdown. That's right. That's right. Let's yeah. talk about your fucking hardcore band. Yes, if we can. Yes, we um, absolutely yeah. can. I just started playing in a hardcore band. It's um, it's called Total Meltdown. I play guitar in it. If you like, it's a great Lee- name. Yeah, if you like Chrome Eggs and Leeway, that's kind of what we're going for. Okay. Um, and our first show is with Killing Time at. Um, that's a great fucking first show, yeah, man. And, Shout out to Anthony Caminal and, and Carl Porcaro. Thank yes. you for putting this on. Andrew Stone, but uh, we're playing at A Seven. AK Niagara on Sunday, May 3rd. It's a matinee and we're on first, which probably means get no, there get there too. It's fine because like I hear I, I still and, and and Drew is probably fucking fed up with me, but I haven't gone to one of them yet. Oh, she should come to this one. I I need to really do it. Because yeah. a lot of times I have my daughter on the weekends. Well, uh yeah, you probably don't want to bring her to a killing time show. I know. No. Yes, I know. It's and plus, you know what? I know that I can bring her, <laughs> but my daughter's not having it. She no, doesn't but, want to go to these things. Well, she thinks my music yeah, yeah. is stupid. I always think it's funny when people. I don't have a child, but I have. Um, I have a couple like uh, nephews and nieces and yeah. stuff. But like, you know, I, I see people bring their kids to shows, and I'm sure some of them enjoy it. But it's almost kind of funny. It's just like, do you really want to bring your your, your child around? Right. Like, like, hey, check it, check out what I did with my friends. We used to beat the shit out of each other and get wasted. And right. it's like, I get it, but you know, it's just funny. Yeah. It's, it's just like I've thing. asked her before. You know, you want to go to you want to go to a hardcore show? She's with me. She's like, no, right. So it's like, it's like, what am I going to do? Right. Are you going to come with me anyway? And I'm going to force them <laughs> to stand there and be tortured. I'm not going to do that to my kid. Well, I like I like that they're doing it that way and that they have the plaque there. And so we're we're pumped. But uh, it's it's total meltdown NYHC across I think all socials. So. Awesome. Yeah, and then we have a our EP coming out on um sometime in March and that'll be on like Spotify and um and and Apple Music and 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 Bandcamp and SoundCloud. That's so great. I'm just pumped on it because I've never done anything like this before and um I'm actually writing all the music. I've never uh they, I mean we're all doing it collaboratively but I I'm usually a drummer playing someone else's songs and yeah. so it just feels good to uh to step out and play hardcore music and shit that I've been That's fucking sitting awesome, on man. now. Hopefully you'll like it. <laughs> as yeah, soon as yeah. it comes out I'll fucking be listening. Yeah I hope so yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, I'll definitely listen to it. Cool. If you're talking Chrome Eggs and Leeway, I'm all in. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah speaking yeah. your language. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely speaking my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now where can they find you on you, your band, your spotlights, all that stuff, run across all the social media shits? Yes. Uh, Chris Enriquez Drums. At, that's my uh, Instagram handle. Okay. It's just at Chris Enriquez Drums. And then uh, Spotlights Music is our uh, Instagram. handle. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, total meltdown NYHC okay. and, uh, and then, uh, I know I'm like a fucking walking advertisement. Yeah, who, it's, yeah. who runs the revolver Instagram page? That would be, uh, our editor in chief, Brandon Geist. Okay. Um, so it's revolver mag is our handle on Twitter and on, um, and on, uh, Instagram. So okay. if you want to watch cool videos, like we have a lot of videos now, which is like, okay. you could watch power trip live. You could watch Cypress Hill live. You could watch, uh, you know, there's just like a shit ton of like, like stuff that you don't really get to see anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't get to turn on MTV and watch fucking like, quicksand on the john stewart show or right. uh, you know so that's what we're trying to do right now we're trying to fill a gap that doesn't exist so you can watch live bands again sure you know because you, you can't turn on the tv and see it right you can't <laughs> yeah good shit yeah i think that's i think that covers the uh the instagram and, and yeah. all that but. and you know what i'm gonna do is because i very rarely do it anymore so since we're just shooting the shit with it all 
um, go to on Instagram. It's just at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. And if you hit the <laughs> link in the bio there, that'll send you to a page where all you got to do is hit each button. It says it right there iTunes, SoundCloud, you hit it, and it'll send you wherever you listen, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that shit. And also the podcast network, which I really need to gain more traction with, which is Dark Satellite Media on Instagram. And it's also, if you go to the Blast Furnace Instagram page and you hit that link, it's there, Um, all that shit. I also have um, these limited edition T-shirts that I made for 11-year-old skateboarder jackson cutick from syracuse um i don't make a dime off of them i made them they're 25 dollars. that's shipping included and the profits of all that go to him and his dad so that in order to fund travel expenses for him to go to tournaments and all kinds of shit because all this kid wants to do is become a pro skateboarder so i did the episode with him live at, at generation records with him and his dad they drove all the way down from syracuse to do the episode with me and uh, and the, the the dynamic between the father and and the son Jackson is incredible, and the sacrifices that that father does for his son, who just cannot get off of a skateboard. He's been skateboarding since he's four years old, and it's it's one of those things where it's like you ever meet somebody where it's like this kid is that's what he's born to do. Wow, that's this kid, and all he wants to do is become pro. So it's not a lot of money. Right. I only made 50 shirts. They're half gone already. So just the profits, I just PayPal all the profits right to his dad. So at the end of the day, you'll be rocking a really cool fucking Jackson Cutie Brooklyn Blast Furnace shirt. And at the same time, you know, you threw the kid a few dollars maybe to buy him a fucking, you know, a lunch on the road going to a tournament somewhere. I'll definitely be donating you, to myself. You know what I'm saying? So I think I have limited sizes left, I think, from youth large to all the way up to like 3X. But there's only a few sizes of each because I think there's only like 25 of them left in total. But uh, so the people that did buy them already, I appreciate it. And so does Mark Cutick, Jackson's dad. He thanked me and told me to thank everybody. But uh, follow that kid on Instagram, too, at Jackson Cutick, because that kid fucking rules. Um, I'm going to look him up right now. Yeah, yeah, this kid, the, the kid has a fire, he's crazy skateboarding skills. It's fucking great. Jackson Cutick. Yeah, J-A-C-S-E-N-K-U-T-I. Okay, he got, yeah, working Jackson. K-U-T-I-K. All right. J-A-C-S-E-N. It should come right, right up. Jackson Cutick. That's a that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, he's great. So I, I was like, you know what? Let me just make... I even said it on the episode. I'm like, how about I make a shirt for you? And then you'll just get all the, you know, proceeds and whatever. And he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Adorable, cool kid. That's dope. So shout out to Jackson and his dad. Once again, go to uh, at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram. Follow it. Blast Furnace NYC on Twitter. And uh, yeah, shout out to once again to Generation Records, a new Republic printing. And... um yeah, this is episode 151, so this is technically technically the 100th episode of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace that I've done solo. That's fucking huge. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I just can't, like, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I was listening to uh, some of your first episodes. Yeah. They're very different. I mean, it's yeah. different because there's, there was two people, and then there was me and, just me and John, and yeah. then now it's just me for this is the 100th episode that I've done by myself. Well, I, I just want to say that uh, I think it's cool when anybody, and there's, there's a few uh, uh, out there, are doing these types of things that are specific to our, you know, 
community, I guess you want to call it that. It's a scene, I guess, right? Yeah. It's it's New York centric, and 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 I it think is. it's cool that other people could hear uh, stories by some of the folks that you're trying to yeah. get out there. And yeah. I'm 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 honored to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored to sit down and talk with you. I'm honored okay. to sit down and talk to anybody who has cool stories, or if I think they're music, creative people, I'm down. And, you know, originally only started with just music, but I've I've bounced around. You know, right, from right. you know I've had rap. Yeah, obviously, it's music, but I've had rappers. I've had tattoo artists. I've had yeah. graffiti yeah. artists. I've had you know uh, Samantha MacGyver, Michael MacGyver's wife, way back. She's a right, stunt right. woman. Yeah, you yeah. know, I've had all kinds of people. My friend, my daughter was on an episode, so. It's it's like, you know, I've had an actor on, a couple different actors. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's all basically New York shit. I mean, just with my fucking dumb fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's New York all day long. So, uh, yeah, man, yeah, no, man. this was really cool. Do you want to end this with, like, a Spotlight song? Or if you could send me the file since it's not out. Or any any song that I'm allowed to play of one of your bands. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that... Uh, um, one, two, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right now, Total Meltdown is uh, pushing a new single called Embrace It. So I'll send that to you. Uh, okay. And, uh, well, if, if if everyone's listening right now, which they are... We'll, it's already we'll, out. We'll just, uh, we'll just say, hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Check out this song, Embrace It, from uh, Total Meltdown. And um, visit us on all socials at Total Meltdown, NYHC. And uh, pick up our new record. Awesome. Yeah. And with that, we're over here now.
closing doors, please. 